church. Good to see you today. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. There you go. Good morning, church. Great to have you today, especially the fathers. Happy Father's Day. We wish you much. Amen. Amen. We wish you much surf and turf today as you celebrate Father's Day together. And uh, if you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you, warmly welcome you. On the back of your bulletin, you will find a QR code. If you take your phone and just take a picture of that, it'll take you to a, to a site where you could uh, give us your name and just tell us a little bit about yourself. We want to get to know you. And on your way out at the information booth, we have a gift for you. So remember to stop by and pick that up on your way out. And dads, I think we have a little treat for you after the service as well, so don't go away without that. A um, couple of announcements uh, for this week and uh, this month, I guess, really. Uh, young adults, chai and chill. I'm just reading it the way it says, chai and chill. Uh, June 22nd at 7 o'clock at the church. So young adults, uh, if you think you're a young adult, you're invited. <laughs> you know, go, hey, I'm like... 55, can I go? Sure, if you feel like you're a young adult, uh, you're invited to come to that. Um, our baby bottle drive is uh, coming to a close. The last day, I think, is today. Again, in your bulletin, you'll find a QR code uh, if you want to use that, or you could go to the church website, and uh, you can uh, give your donation to that, and the donations go to the Preg Pregnancy Care Center uh, this year, again, we're thrilled that we're able to, uh, to hold our VBS. The last couple of years have been difficult for that, but uh, this year it's going to be an in-person VBS, and uh, that's going to, to uh, happen on beginning on the June, or no, registration is due on June the 30th. So again, in your bulletin, you'll find a QR code for that. If you want to use that, you can sign up or sign up at the church office, or talk to Pastor Rod, uh, all of those ways you can sign your kids up. And we really want to encourage you to uh, ask other kids to come as well. Have your kids, ask their friends uh, to come to VBS, and that will help us to promote uh, that great ministry. Hey, we're going to be able to have a church picnic, right? <laughs> June the 26th. And uh, again, uh, you can sign up. Uh, in the foyer, there's a sign-up sheet for that. And we're going to be bringing the meat, and you're going to be bringing the, uh, everything else that's not as important as the meat. You know, for those of you who like salad, you could bring salad. Um, so <laughs> sign up for the uh, sides, the salad, or the dessert. If you'll do that by June, the picnic is on June 26th, so if you could be doing that, you know, as you go out, you can't miss that big board, please uh, sign up for that. And then finally, uh, you all know that we have a new mission, interactive missions board screen out there, and uh, maybe you've walked past it, and you're a little intimidated by it, you're not sure what to do with it, watch this. Not working today, so we're going to do that at another time. Uh, but it's a it's really it's a really good video. I'd, I'd like I'd like to tell you about it. <laughs> we'll do that another time. Let's pray 
before the kingdom kids go and uh, Pastor Mark comes. Lord, thank you for this opportunity today to meet in this place of worship. Thank you, Lord, for each one who has joined us, both in person and online. We pray, Lord, a special blessing on fathers today. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for the influence they have been in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing uh, that uh, you've given to us, uh, giving us fathers. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them and uh, strengthen them in heart, mind, soul, and spirit uh, as they continue to Uh, Give us a good example of what a father is. I pray, Lord, for Pastor Mark today as he comes and shares the word of God and encourages us through it. We pray that we would hear hear your voice today by your spirit as he shares the word of God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Kingdom kids, you can go now. Well, before we begin, I just actually have two housekeeping items. Uh, The first is uh, at the membership meeting, uh, Family Matters meeting, uh, we have invited Mark Barrett, uh, if he would be interested in joining us in a full-time, moving into a full-time permanent position. Uh, I would have got him to do that during announcements, but it's just weird for him to congratulate himself, so I figured I would do that. Uh, The other piece of business that came out of that meeting was the refugee Uh, where our church officially, we decided that we are going to support the Refugee Bridge in the work that they're doing welcoming uh, Ukrainian uh, refugees and the people coming over uh, over during the war. Uh, These are Christian families who need a place to stay, don't really have anybody in Canada they can turn to, so we just are going to do our best uh, to give those people just a real soft landing uh, as best we can in this very difficult time. But with that out of the way, good morning! Marty Northgate Baptist Church, warm welcome uh, to you who are here, to those who are joining us online. Uh, glad you are with us. Uh, happy Father's Day to, to all of you. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like the kid who was asked, what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day? He said, Father's Day is just like Mother's Day, but you don't have to spend as much money on a card. Um, <laughs> of course, not completely true, uh, but Father's it's important. Uh, and, you know, being a dad, it can be both crazy and amazing at the same time, uh, but can also be very heartbreaking and exhausting at times as well, which is, you know, why we want to take we, we, one day a year uh, just to say thank you, uh, t- to try to honor the dads uh, who have made such an influence in our life. Uh, but as I say that, I'm also aware that Father's Day is not a day that everyone feels like celebrating. Um, because we don't live in a perfect world. Um, and I say something very much like this every year, but I know there's some people here who may have not have had the best relationship uh, with their dad. Uh, there are people who do not have the best memories of their fathers. Uh, for some people, the thought of their dad actually brings thoughts of pain or even regret. Uh, some here may have had a father pass away. Um, and that makes this day so painful too. It, it, there's this sense of loss, especially you know, if that loss is more recent. And even for those dads, you know, who are doing their very best for their kids, uh, I'm a dad myself. Let's be honest, dads, often mistakes are made, you know. So, um, so we want to recognize, you know, as we come to Father's Day, this day can come, you know, it comes with this range of emotions uh, for so many different people. But none of those things are reasons for us not to follow the biblical command 
to honor our fathers and their mothers. And that's what we want to do today. And to do that, we're actually, I'm going to encourage you to join me in turning to Genesis chapter 27. And as you turn there, I have to tell you, even before we begin, there's, as you go to Genesis 27, there are a lot of problems going on simultaneously in this passage. Uh, if you know the background of the story, uh, Esau is the oldest son. He sold his birthright to his twin brother, younger brother Jacob. Uh, then Jacob's mom comes up with this plan to really trick their dad Isaac into you know giving him his father's blessing, even though he was the younger brother. And you know in this in this plan they concoct, there's you know deception and lying and conniving and all those not good words. So understand that this is not in any way, as we look at this passage, this is not in any way a perfect family we're looking at. Um, this family is actually there, you know, relationally in a lot of ways. This family's quite a bit of a mess. But I actually, you know, I actually find that very comforting in a way because that's how many families probably would describe their home on many days. It's not about being perfect. It's really about being present. And, you know, we look at this imperfect family and you realize God still loved this family, and he still blessed this family, and he still uses this family for his glory. And as we see in the middle of all this family dysfunction that's going on in this passage, something very important and very profound happens that I want us to pay attention to this morning. As the father takes time to bless his son in a very incredibly meaningful way. So if you'd like to follow along with me, uh, you can in your Bibles or the screen behind me. Genesis 27, verses 26 to 29. And it says, and then, his, and then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and he kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. My God give you the dew of heaven. And of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Let's pray. Father God, um, we come to you on Father's Day asking that, Lord, you would bless us as well. And Lord, as we look into your word at this passage we have before us, Lord, we pray that it would speak to our hearts. Um, just speak to us about even some of the words we use, the choices we make, and Lord, ways that we, not just as dads, but as Christians, can have an impact and a legacy on the world around us. And Lord, we just invite you to be with us in our time together, that Lord, you would remove distractions and just bring our focus uh, sharply upon what your Holy Spirit would point to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know Father's Day is supposed to be a joyous event, but I want to begin kind of in a sad place this morning. And it's probably one of the most heartbreaking stories that I know. It's a story about a Spanish father uh, who actually became estranged from his only son. And, you know, things just broke down between them to the point where life at home had just become almost unbearable. And with that tension, you know, that can happen in the home... One night, they just had a bad fight, and the son ran away. And the father was heartbroken. And he still deeply loved his son, and he was regretting the argument that he had with him and the words that were said. So the father sets off to find his son. 
But after months, he searched, you know, to no avail. His son just could not be found. So finally, in a last sort of desperate effort to find his son, the father put an ad in a local newspaper. And the ad read simply, Dear Paco, uh, which is the Spanish equivalent of a name like John for us. It said, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. And it said when Saturday came, 800 young men named Paco showed up, just hoping, you know, for the possibility of knowing the love and forgiveness of their dads. And, you know, that story, it really hits home for me because I know as a dad, I see my mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. And I know my, impact, my mistakes, they impact my kids. And sometimes they hurt my kids. I don't feel like the perfect father, even in the slightest. To be honest, there's a lot of days when I feel I am barely holding on by the skin of my teeth. And on top of that, kids today have it really tough. Um, you know, rates of mental health problems among kids right now are as high as they've been in, I don't know if, since they may have been keeping it. They're on the rise. And the problems are made worse by, you know, things like social media, peer pressure, you know, lack of true community, drug use, addiction, increase in domestic violence, financial uncertainty in the home. And they get so many negative messages all day long, you know, through social media and other things, you know, where, you know, they're, they're told, you know, they're not smart enough. They're not beautiful enough. They don't measure up to the standards. They don't fit in. These are the messages that kids are getting constantly in our lives right now. And make no mistake that the lockdowns during COVID, that separation, that lack of you know, bringing people, that's going to have serious and long-term impacts on the development and well-being of our children. You know, we used to joke, the old joke used to be, you know, how hard parents had it growing up. You'd sit your kid down, it's like going to school, I had to walk through snow 10 feet high, uphill both ways. But you know what, in seeing what my kids have to go through growing up today, I'll take the snow. I'll take the snow every day of the week. But you know what, in, in all that kids have to deal with, and all the hardship that comes their way in our life today, one thing is proven to help kids in these areas. And that is to have a stable and loving home. Just a few stats to kind of show you what I mean. It says, homes where fathers are present and involved show that the kids in those homes are 39% more likely to earn mostly A's in school, 45% less likely to repeat a grade, 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled, they're twice as likely to go to college and find stable employment after high school. 75% less likely to have a teen birth and 80% less likely to spend time in jail. Rates of drug and alcohol abuse, delinquent and criminal acts, emotional or behavioral problems, and even suicide are all statistically lower in loving homes with a dad who is present. That's the difference dads make. And a group called the Children and Family Research Partnership summarizes it all up by saying, involved fatherhood is linked to better outcomes on nearly every measure of child well-being, from cognitive development to educational achievement to self-esteem to pro-social behavior. 
And that's why Paco's not alone. Kids, all kids, they long to know their father's love and care in their lives. And as we come to this passage that we have before us this morning in Genesis 27, what we really are seeing here is a son who is desperate to have his father's blessing. He's so desperate, in fact, he's willing to lie and deceive in order to get it. Of course, in the Bible, we, you know, we hear about a father passing on his blessing to his child, and we often think of that blessing as kind of a legal transaction. And for sons and daughters in biblical times, receiving their father's blessing was a momentous event. In, in many ways, it was a, a sort of an official passing on of the inheritance from the father to his son, kind of like a last will and testament. But what I also want us to understand here is that the blessing of the father, it's more than just that. It's more than just this legal transaction. It's actually a blessing. And we could ask the question, well, what is a blessing? Well, in the Bible, the opposite of a blessing is a curse. And where a curse seeks to diminish a person, a blessing is something that lifts them up. Where a curse seeks to destroy a person or tear them down, a blessing offers life. Where a curse desires misfortune for a person, a blessing envisions a future for them. Where a curse offers pain and harm, a blessing offers healing. Where a curse offers fear, a blessing offers peace and security. And where a curse seeks the worst for a person, a blessing seeks the very best for their life. A blessing is a message of love and appreciation and value and even life given to another person. And I can assure you that children, no matter what their age, children desire those things from their parents. You know, blessing your child, is not, it's not just a nice thing to do. A blessing is it's something that meets a real emotional and spiritual need in a person's life. And it's important for us as parents to understand that, that, you know, with all that our kids have to go through, with all the negative messages that they receive constantly, it's important to understand how important it can be to a child to hear affirming and loving words from their parents. It's life-giving. So how do we do that? How do we pass on a blessing to our children? Well, that's what we want to look at our passage for. And let me suggest there's actually four elements that are involved in offering a blessing to our children or even to other people. And the first element of a blessing is not even a spoken word at all. It's, it's actually, it's meaningful touch. Verse 26 says, Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and he kissed him. Now Gary Smalley in his book, The Blessing, which I admit I'm borrowing heavily from this morning, um, Smalley states that that phrase, come near, is not just about proximity. It's not just saying, hey, come stand next to me. The word was actually used to describe the overlapping scales of a crocodile's uh, skin. It, it, it's an intimate closeness. The, come near, uh, it's, it's about physical connection. He says, in other words, it's a hug. And not just one of those sort of wimpy hugs, like a side, side hug. It, it's a real hug. It's like a I mean it hug. It's a bear hug. And you know, that this is not an isolated incident in scripture. When you look at other times in the Bible when a father blesses his children, almost every time it involves some kind of caring touch. 
either the laying on of hands or a kiss or an embrace. There's something about just a loving touch that, accept, that conveys acceptance and love to a child. I even think about Jesus uh, when the children were, were trying to come and see him. Parents were bringing them and you know, the disciples are all trying to shoo them away like stray cats. But Jesus, he welcomes them. They brought their children to Jesus and he placed them on his knee. And scripture says in Mark 10, 16, he took them in his arms and he blessed them and he laid his hands upon them. It's this meaningful touch. It's so important. So you know what? If you want to bless your children, if you want just another way to show your kids that you love them, take time, simply hug your kids. Take time to just be physically present with them. Take time, when they're, especially when they're young, to wrestle with them. I mean, make time to physically connect with your family. Because that time, that touch, is something that's desperately needed. And you know what? It's not just for little kids. You know, in this passage, Jacob may have been even up to like 40 years old when Isaac blessed him. Your kids are never too old for a caring touch. You can hug your grown-up kids too. That's what I'm trying to say. Because that's the first element of blessing them. It's this meaningful touch. It's this connection. And then the second element of this blessing is a spoken message given to the child. And again, every blessing you're going to find in the Scriptures has this spoken element to it. And it's a personal and loving message to the one who's receiving uh, this blessing. And you know, never doubt I want you never doubt the power of your words that you speak to your children when they're loving and life-affirming. Look at verses 27 and 29, or to 29. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him. And he said, see the smell of my son is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your father's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now as I look at those verses, I see actually four. Four, I think, very clear messages, different messages being spoken to the child that I think all children, again, desire to hear from their parents. I'm going to break them down for you because the first message I hear there is this that you are unique and special in your own way, and I appreciate and I understand who you are. Because we're told in verse 27, Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. Isaac says to his boy, I love the way you smell, which probably may not seem like an overly kind thing to say, uh, but you know, Esau, who Isaac thought this was he, was, he was an outdoorsman. He was a hunter. Isaac was saying, you know what? I know my son. I know the way he smells. I, I know the touch of his skin. I know the way of his heart and the passions of his life. I know the things that set him apart from others and the things that make him different. You know, there's nothing generic about blessing a child. There's no sort of one-size-fits-all formula. Because each blessing is as unique as the child. And for a parent to bless their child, they need to know what makes this child special. And a child needs to understand that their parents understand 
that they are unique just the way that God made them. And they need to understand it's okay to be different from everyone else. It's like the VeggieTales say, God made you special. You are special and you are unique in your own way. And I appreciate the person that God created you to be. That's the first message. The second message of this blessing is one, I think, of belonging and acceptance. It's a message that says, you're mine. Because Isaac calls him, uh, my son. And every child needs to know that they have a place where they can call home. Every child needs to hear that they are wanted. Every child needs to hear that they are loved and they have this place, this home where they belong. And this has very little to do with biology. I have many close friends who have adopted children, you know, who took in others and gave those children a place to belong. They made a family. They made them sons. They made them daughters. And, you know, one of the most powerful images of the entire Bible, I think, is, you know, that of God the Father and going out and making us his own, calling us to be his sons and his daughters, calling us to himself so that we can know that he is ours and we are his. And children need that in their life. Children need to know that they belong and that they have a place where they're wanted and they're loved and that you are mine. Which leads us to the third message I think we see coming out of this blessing. It's found in verse 28 where it says, May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Now, I don't recommend this diet here. Uh, maybe don't give your kids plenty of fat. Uh, you know, maybe keep them away from that plenty of wine too. Um, but the message here is really one that says to a child, I want nothing except God's best for your life. I want you as my child to know joy and happiness and peace and goodness. I want you as my child to know that my desire as your parent is to see you flourish and to see you grow and to be given the best possible chance to live out the God, life that God has given you. I want for you a good life. And as your parent, I want to do all that I can to help you live a better life. I think as parents, you know, we all have that in us as parents. We all want our children to be better off than we are. We want to pay that blessing forward and see it in the lives of our children and our grandchildren. We want the best for our kids because our kids are worth it, because we love them so much. So let them know that. I want God's best for your life. Which leads to the fourth message of this blessing, found in verse 29. It says, let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your, fathers, or may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And to me, the final message of this blessing says to your child, I believe in you, and I believe that God has great plans for your life. Plans to use your life in an amazing way. This is letting your child know you see their potential. And that no matter what that child's individual gifts might be, or their personality might be, it's saying, you know what, God can use your life in a significant and powerful way. And I think we should make that message personal. You know, you might even give that child a word picture of the kind of things you see that God might do in and through their life. You know, if you have a child who's very caring, you can talk to them about how one day you could see them 
helping people who are hurting or outcasts. You know, if the child is just very generous, has that gift of generosity, you can say, you know, I can see how you will be a blessing to so many other people uh, as you live your life. Maybe they have all kinds of energy, you know, and you can say, you know what, I I see in you a spirit like the Apostle Paul, who, who zealously was working for the Lord. He just had that kind of passion that I see in your life. Maybe your child is even prone to rash decisions and, you know, making a lot of mistakes. But you can tell them about how God used Peter to become this apostle who never, never hesitated to serve the Lord. Offer your child a future they can aspire to. Tell your child, I believe in you. And I want to see God use your life in an incredible way. And that's really the spoken part of this blessing. That is the message we should be passing on to our children. You are unique and special in your own way, and I appreciate who you are. You belong, you are mine, and you are loved. And I want God's best for you and for your life, and I believe in you, and I believe God has great plans to use your life. Those are words that give life to our kids. Those are words that encourage. Those are words that inspire. Those are words that can help and heal. So a meaningful touch and a spoken message are the first two elements, really, of blessing our children. And I would actually encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to sit with your kids, no matter how old they are, and speak these words to them. You can even write them down. Write them down on a piece of paper, maybe in your own hand, and give these words to them. It will be a keepsake for them. They will be so precious to your children. And this isn't easy. This, you know, this might take you like an hour just to kind of gather your thoughts about each child that you have and the kind of things you want to say, the kind of truth you speak into your life. But that hour will be something that will bless your kids for the rest of their life. Speak this message to your kids. But we're not done yet because a third element, I think that is part of this blessing for our children, is also praying for them. And I say that because I'm of the belief that a blessing like this is not just words spoken to the child, but they are also part of a prayer that we offer to God on our child's behalf. This is a prayer the father is making on behalf of his child. It's inviting God himself to be a part of this blessing. And I think that just sort of reinforces uh, the truth that fathers need to be praying for their kids. You know, parenting is not a job to be taken on alone or even done in our flesh alone. We need the wisdom and the guidance and the strength and the power of God, which is made available to us as parents through prayer. Parents, let your kids see you praying. And pray for your kids and pray with your kids. You know, praying with your kids is hard. I mean, I know that I, again, fall short in this area a lot. But it is such a blessing to your kids to have you pray with them and pray for them. To so seek to bless your children through prayer. And that brings us to the last part of our blessing we see in our passage this morning. And that is the passing on of an inheritance. Um, what Isaac is doing in this passage was really offering his son both his earthly and his spiritual inheritance that Isaac himself received from his own father, Abraham. And in the same way, a blessing like this, we should be looking to pass on our spiritual inheritance from parent to child. Because one way we truly bless our children 
is to try to lead them in such a way that one day they too will walk in the faith that we now believe. So that one day we might be able to say with John in 3 John verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's what we desire for our kids. And of course, you can't do that for them. You can't believe for your kids. The time comes when they'll have to make their own choices about faith and about Christ. But as a parent, it should be our utmost concern to do all that we can to lead our children to Jesus. Because, you know, the Bible makes it clear, very clear, that the responsibility for teaching our children about faith falls on us as parents. This goes on the moms and dads. So let your homes be places of faith. Do all you can to be, let your home be a place where God is real, where prayer happens, you know, where the stories of the Bible are told. Let your homes be places where your children are shown how to live lives of faith through your example. Places where you tell your own story about the faithfulness of God in your own life. And best of all, let your home be a place where your children hear about Jesus. They hear about his incredible birth. They hear about his teachings. They hear about his miracles. They hear about the cross. They hear about the resurrection. They hear about his plan of salvation. And they hear about the heaven and the hope to be found in him. And invite your children to believe in Jesus. Because really, who better to lead a child to the Lord than their mom or their dad? And as you pass on, do all that you can to pass on that spiritual inheritance. And that's how we can bless our children. And as I said, we should be taking time to do that. That is one very powerful way we can reach into their lives and give them that affirmation and the value that they need. In fact, a few years back, Focus on the Family started what they called the Blessing Challenge, where they, sort of, they wanted to see one million children have someone pray a blessing like this over, over the children. And if you want, you can actually do the Google machine. You can put in Blessing Challenge. You know, page will come up and you can have links and resources if you want to find out more. Because we need to be doing that. Blessing is so important. In fact, as I said at the Family Matters meeting, I truly believe that God blesses us so that we can in turn be a blessing to others. You know, back in the book of Genesis where God gives Abraham his blessing. It says in Genesis 12 verses 2 to 3, God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And again, to paraphrase that would be to say Abraham was blessed by God so he could be a blessing to others. Abraham was to give that blessing away. He, he wasn't to hold on to it stingingly. He wasn't to be miserly with it. He was to be generous with it. And give it away and let people, all the people around him, know about the goodness of God. There are even some who would actually consider this to be the core of the gospel. It says in Galatians 3.14, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Our faith even itself begins with a blessing that was given. So here's a closing application for us all, moms and dads and every single person here, everyone else. I want you to ask yourself, who in your life are you actively seeking to bless right now? 
And there's lots of possibilities. Maybe it is a child in your life, you know, who needs that encouragement. Speak those words to them. Maybe you have a friend who's going through a hard time. Be a blessing by being there for your friend. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a student if you're a teacher. Maybe it's a teacher if you're a student. But whoever it is, there are people in your life right now to whom you can find a way to be a blessing. Whoever it is, just find a way to pour goodness into that other person's life. Find a way to you know, offer an infusion of hope. Find a way to be a blessing. That's our Christian duty. That's our call. That is our privilege. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I hope you will all take up that challenge uh, as you go forward uh, from here this morning. But before we do, before we leave, um, let's just spend one moment once again speaking to our fathers before we wrap up again on Father's Day because I do want to close by making, taking a moment just to say thank you. You know, thank you to our earthly fathers who try so hard to model the love and faithfulness of our Father in heaven. They don't always get it right, but man, they're there, and that means so much. So let me say this. Thank you, fathers. Thank you, faithful fathers. We thank you for your tireless and selfless dedication that you show to your families. We thank you for your godly examples in, your, in our homes and for your spiritual leadership. We thank you for loving your wives, our mothers, in a way that reveals God's love to us. We thank you for providing for the needs of your family. We thank you for your discipline, even though it's difficult. We thank you for your time, because we know it's so precious. And we thank you for the unconditional love you show all of your children, And we thank you for your faithfulness. Fathers, this morning from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you. And may you be blessed. And may you be a blessing to your children and to your family and to the world around you. And may your life and your blessing just, may it leave a legacy of faith throughout the generations to come. Let's pray together. Father God, um, Lord, it's Father's Day, and fathers are an amazing idea that you would create man, that you would create women, and Lord, together, they would create a family, the building block of our society. And Lord, the fathers, they're a reflection of you, our Heavenly Father. And Lord, we know that in our world today, Lord, families are under attack. The roles of men and the roles of uh, fathers are under attack. But Lord, I pray that that faithful fathers and faithful families, that they would stand strong, that we would have strong families. And Lord, we do, again, thank you for those fathers. Thank you for those godly men in our lives who model that truth. Men who stand strong and men who stand for something worth standing for. And we pray, Lord, that you would just Bless their lives and have that blessing overflow into our lives so that we too can be a blessing uh, to others around us. And again, Lord, Father's Day can be a tough day. But Lord, if there's someone here who is hurting because of their father, Lord, I pray that you would allow healing uh, and forgiveness to enter into that relationship. Lord, for those who are here who are facing that loss of either a husband or a father, Lord, 
I pray that, Lord, in a special way on this day, your comfort would just be with them uh, in a powerful way, that your grace would sustain them as they turn to their Heavenly Father for that kind of comfort. And that, Lord, for all of us who are here, Lord, I pray that we would find a way just to rejoice um, in fatherhood, that reflection of our Heavenly Father in heaven who loves us so. And Lord, as we pr- close, Lord, we, we pray that blessing, that the Lord may bless and keep you, that the Lord may make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and that, Lord, you would bless each and every one of us so that we can be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.